Hang on a minute, Simon. There's somebody at the door, I think. Hello. I love coffee. I love tea. I love the Java Jive and it loves me. Coffee and tea and the Java and me. A cup, a cup, a cup, a cup, a cup, boy. Uh, I think you might want next door. No problem. Bye. Sorry about that, Simon. It was a travelling barbershop quartet touting for business. It doesn't have to be like this. All we need to do is make sure we keep talking. Oh, sorry about that intrusion, Simon. How have you been anyway? I am all right. It's been a bit of a rubbish week this week, hasn't it, weather-wise? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, we started off really well, yet again, with glorious sunshine, and then it mm. went very, very cold, horrible and rainy. It was pretty nice uh, today, to, to begin with. Ironically, it's really beautiful sunshine where I am now, and uh, again, I've got you inside talking. I know, it, it seems as soon as you call me in, the sun <laughs> comes out. It's, it's, it's incredible. Just when I thought I was out, he reels me back in. So if ever we get torrential rainstorms, all you need to do is set up a podcast and they'll just float away. They will. That's a good idea. We're the rain podcast. Yeah, we'll call you the non-rain man. <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. That's my nickname from now on, the non-rain man. That's not the nickname <laughs> I've got for you, trust me. Yeah. Anyway, hello listeners and welcome to episode seven. Seven whole Keep episodes. Talking. Yes, seven episodes. That's really good, actually. That depends on your point of view, surely, as to whether it's good. Well, as you haven't listened to any of them, you wouldn't know, would you? <laughs> Too busy, man. Too busy yeah. having fun sitting in my own, looking out the window, wishing I could go out. I've got no choice but to listen to them, because I have to edit them. That's true, that's true. I just have to talk <laughs> just, uh, gibberish for an hour, and then you, you do the magic, don't you? Just just a point of fact, listeners. Um, I edited 40 minutes out of our Red Dwarf discussion. 40 minutes. That was mostly Simon <laughs> talking, uh, yeah. I have to say. Uh, so there you go. It takes me a while. That's why they've been getting getting later and later in the week. But I think Monday is the new day. I think I can get them ready for Monday. So um, expect them Monday. I like to think I'm clear and precise in what I say and you have to edit out all of your gibberish. You might think that. I cannot possibly comment. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so, how have you been this week? As I said, pretty good, pretty good. Still healthy, still relatively sane. Mm -hmm. Still working? Still working, still working, yes. Unfortunately, well, when the boss comes in, I'm still working. Uh, <laughs> as what's same as usual then. Yeah, you still furloughed? Still furloughed. No end in sight. Recently had a, an email from my work to say that uh, waiting for further guidance before we can go back to work. But to be honest, I've got used to it now. Quite enjoying it. I almost don't want to go back to work. I wish I could. Um, I wish I could enjoy it. I could do with a holiday. Yeah. I was actually I supposed to I... be on holiday this week um, yeah. because uh, they furloughed half of the staff. They need the, <laughs> the other half of us there, so I've had to cancel yeah. my holidays. I was yeah, supposed to be on holiday. Not that there was anything I could do. But yeah, as, it's my, anyway. as it's my birthday this week, I was sort of taking the week off to, to sort of relax and enjoy myself before my wife right. treats me on Thursday to no doubt a meal and a day out somewhere. Oh, no, no. In so, the garden. <laughs> so I'll be sat in the garden with a can of Fosters or something, no doubt. Yeah. 
Well, you'll be all right. You'll get your, uh, your telegram from the Queen this year, won't you? You're not funny. You're not <laughs> funny. <laughs> really uh... not funny. For those of you who are keeping abreast of current affairs of what we're drinking, I am currently on Ringwood's Boondoggle. Simon? Is that... Uh, is that a beer? It is, is a, that... it, it is a craft blonde ale. And I'm drinking a nice cold water. It's not ice cold this week because I've not made any ice cubes today, so I'm a bit disappointed, but it's cold nevertheless. You're such a professional doing this sober, aren't you? Well, I did have a rather horrible beer, actually, the other day. Uh, it's called Peach Peach State Sour. I don't know if you've ever had that. Uh, no, I haven't, actually. Ugh, don't bother. It's disgusting. It was really nasty. I drank it anyway, but it wasn't very nice. Um, okay. What have you been? Uh, what have you been watching this week? Nothing. Anything? Nothing. Out and out. No, I've yeah. I've been doing some chores around the house all week because, um, as, mm. as you know, I've been working late. So the mornings yeah. has been kind of biding my time and watching the clock until it's time to go into work. And I've been keeping yeah. myself busy by doing chores around the house. So mm. nothing exciting, really? I'm afraid. Bit of yeah. gardening, bit yeah. of DIY, a mm. bit of yeah. fixing the DIY I've just done. <laughs> A bit of calling a professional for advice about the DIY I've just done. That sort of thing. <laughs> that sort of thing, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've uh, I've been helping the girls with their homework. Not very much, though, because they're cleverer than me. Yeah. Um, it's been a long been time watching... since you've done trigonometry, isn't it? Well, yeah. I wish it was that simple, to be honest, doing stuff I've never even heard of. Um, there's a, there's but a been... phrase I've heard that you can use that gets you out of this. Uh, I think it's mm. um, ask your mum. Yeah, well, she's the genius of the family, so... Yes, there you go. She can't be that smart. She married you. <laughs> well, just about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I have I have been watching uh, the Clone Wars this week. I've been trying to catch up. Oh, are you on the last episodes? Halfway through season six now. Ah, um, season six gets really good. I think if you were going to watch it, you should start watching from about halfway through season four. Which episode? Which season are we on now? Season seven. Season seven. Yeah. Yeah, um, season seven's interesting. Oh, spoiler um, alert! Spoiler alert! Yeah, spoiler, spoiler alert. Season seven's weird because like the first half of it has nothing to do with anything, mm. and then the second half is literally set just before Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. So there's a lot of movie crossover going on, and it's a mm. very different. It even starts differently. It starts as a film. With yeah. the music and the titles sort of thing and everything. It's mm. very odd, but it doesn't fit mm. in with the rest of the season at all, except it's extraordinarily dark and extraordinarily brilliant. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting to those, actually, because season six, like I said, halfway through season six now, and that's just been absolutely fantastic so mm. far. The episodes about uh, Clone Trooper whose Order 66 activates too early and sends him mad. Oh, cool. <laughs> Yeah, really, really they explain in this why, what the Order 66 is and why all the clones are obeying it and stuff. So, yeah, so, and this this week I've been listening to Rewiring Genesis. Wow, that's a staggering coincidence. So that's what we're doing this week anyway. We are yes, we're going to review the doing. album, 2008 album Rewiring Genesis, a tribute hey, to the Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. Yes.
So, what do you know about this album? Well, the only things I really know about this album, I must admit, I tried to find some stuff out on the inter- interweb, mm. and uh, it's very scarce information. Yeah. Um, yeah. The only things I did find out was that it was cr- created sometime around 2006, 2007, mm-hmm. before it was actually put out in 2008, by Nick Virgilio and Mark De Hornsby. Virgilio, my, my apologies yeah. to the dude. And Mark Hornsby, who is nothing to do with the train set, I found out. <laughs> or Bruce Hornsby. Or Bruce Hornsby, indeed, yes. So, yeah, so th- this was released either on October the 21st, 2008, or November the 8th, 2008, depending on which website you look on. Ah, um, I'm just wondering why the ambiguity there. Yes, it's a double album, a complete re-recording of The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway by Genesis. It was recorded at uh, Java Jive Studios in Nashville, Mark Hornsby's studio. Um, Mark Hornsby is, he's an engineer who's won awards for engineering in the a cappella field. Um, he's also worked with a lot of highly successful artists such as John Anderson, and also he works quite a lot in the contemporary Christian genres. I mean, that's, that's quite a crossover to this. It is a little bit, although I, think, I believe John Anderson has a lot of, but well, he does have a lot of religious uh, backing, doesn't he, uh, John Anderson? He does. So Nick is the current drummer in Big Big Train, um, which we mentioned in our regular Genesis episodes as a very good prog rock band. Enjoy those a lot. They're worth checking out if you're a Genesis fan. Um, he's most well known for being the drummer and later the singer in the band Spock's Beard. Um, Which is an interesting band. I don't I've, know. I've listened to quite a bit of Spock's Beard, um, and that, they're, yeah. they're very interesting. You probably might like some of it, but I don't think a lot of it is your cup of tea. Mm. I literally know nothing about Spock's Beard. I listened to one album this week, just out of curiosity, which was X, which I think was the last one that Nick did the vocals on, um, and I actually quite enjoyed it. And the last track was called... Uh, the jaws of heaven i think and that was really really good really enjoyed that but don't really know much about uh spock's beard generally speaking you may as a genesis fan also recognize nick from the calling all stations album on which he played drums and percussion on four tracks yes i did recognize i did recognize the name um, as I was just listening to it, I yeah. thought that, that name's ringing a bell from somewhere, but I couldn't quite um, narrow it down. And on this album, Nick does drums and he also does the lead vocals. He's often said that Phil Collins was his biggest influence, and so he's kind of following in that tradition. As an aside, he also has a new solo album out this June. Um, it's going to be called Invisible. It's out on June 26th, and he's literally just released a uh, video for the first single from that album which is going to be called Where's the Passion? So check that out if you're interested after having listened to this podcast. But for now, we're going to be talking about rewiring Genesis. We are. So this is a bit unusual. There are no synthesizers on this album at all. It is an odd album. I mean, when we used to the original album, we used to guitars and synthesizers and pianos and various other instruments on this one we've got violins we've got a big brass Mm -hmm. uh, section we've got a different use of instruments for very familiar strains um Mm. and you take this all into account of the fact that the most of the musicians doing this are country and western musicians yes um, who have never heard this album before (laughs) so it's exactly uh, it's kind of, I mean, they when they were talking to most of the musicians afterwards and they were interviewing some of the musicians, I think I think there was some of the horn section, and they were saying, how did they, they rate this this album? And they thought it was odd mm-hmm. um, because, not just because of the, the what the album uh, was 
um, but because of the arrangement of the music. They weren't used in country-style music. They were not used to this kind of arrangement of music. So they were finding it very interesting to play, and at the same time, just an odd way of playing instruments. Yeah, and very obviously a lot of these songs are in a really odd time signatures as well. So not something that they would usually playing in no no i think they were struggling um, on quite a few tracks with that mm, but then that was yeah. that was one thing genesis were known for in the early days well exactly i mean they started off recording this uh, album by recording colony of slipmen which they just decided they would do as a one-off in the end um but then once they finished recording that they liked it so much they decided to get together and do the whole album i mean how do you do that how do you how do you sit down and go how do you even get the rights to do that i mean the odd track you can imagine getting away with as a a sort of uh getting around the rights because you're not producing the whole thing but when you're doing the whole mm. album that is yeah. quite clearly an infringement of of some sort of property rights surely well it's all about the publishers it's not about the artists so all you need to do is get the publishers to um give you permission to do it um and publishers make money from that regardless which is why you get so many cover versions <laughs> fair enough fair enough so do we does anybody know what genesis actually thought of this have they have they been on record about no, this i've not found anything anywhere no, when i was doing research but... i couldn't find any interviews with a band uh regarding this um remake no it would be interesting to know if they've heard it and what they think of mm. it but i couldn't find anything anywhere to to say that they had the album took seven and a half weeks to record um which when you compare that to the original which took 12 weeks to write and record it just goes to show how difficult it must have been to get this album off the ground in the first place well, for a start they had more musicians so it was released originally on prog rock records now unfortunately they went out of business in 2010 so you can't actually buy this album directly anymore i did actually see um, um a copy of it going on amazon earlier for about 160 yeah. quid yeah it's going for ridiculous prices on amazon um I did see, and I can't find it now, so I can't tell you where it was, but I did see an interview with uh, with Nick where he basically said that he was trying to get the rights back to it to re-release it. But that was from, like I say, that was an interview that I can't now find and was a couple of years back. So whether he's been able to or not, don't know. Mm. It would be nice because I would like a nice copy of it yeah. to play. So if we, talk, if we look no. at this album, okay, there are yeah. a couple of... There's one big question that we actually have to ask before we delve into this album. And that is, yeah. is this just an oddity? Or is it actually mm. a musical piece in its own right? Mm. It's a good question. Um, I mean, the Lamb is kind of an oddity in the Genesis catalogue anyway, isn't it? Because it's so different. It is, but this is, this is a remake. So is it just like an yeah. aside in the history of music? Or is it a thing mm. in its own right? That's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to get at. Should this be should this be well, stood alone on its own and held up as a true piece of music, or is it just a copy? So I get what you're saying. Um, if you're not already a Genesis fan, walk away, because you're not going to get anything out of this if you don't like Genesis anyway. If you're a Genesis fan, I think it's a pretty good version of a good album anyway. Um, and I think from that point of view, it's, it's, it 
holds its place. Okay. So before we go into the album in any great depth, we've just discussed we've yeah. just discussed that question and you've answered it very well. No, thank you. Well, you know, you answered it as well as you can. <laughs> I mean, you know, obviously if I had a professional <laughs> on the other end of this microphone, I'd get a much better answer. Um, but the, the thing is it it is a mu- a nice piece of music. But does it give mm. enough to make you want to hear it other than the original. Hmm. See, there are several Genesis tribute albums available, one of which is called Supper's Ready. Um, and they are generally pretty awful. There's also, obviously, you've also got Steve Hackett, who's released Genesis Revisited 1 and 2. Um, and he makes some interesting changes. But I think this is the best of all of those. Um, I think this is... In places, spoiler warning, I think this is better than the original. Okay. Um, I think this, this if my ideal version of The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway would be this music matched up with Peter Gabriel's vocals. If there was some way of engineering it so that you could do that, I wouldn't need another version of The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. Okay, because the important thing to know about this album, if, if nobody's heard this mm. before, is that although it's a tribute cover of this album it's been rearranged in such a way that it is a very different beast isn't it yeah yes it's familiar yes that's that's the best you can say the music is recognizable you could play a snippet of it and you would instantly know if you already know the album you would know which track you are listening to but the instrumentation is such that it is significantly different Hmm. here's the thing i've got another question for you okay yeah, go, go. Um, the different instruments that are used in this and the way mm. they're arranged in this, do you think it changes yeah. the tone of the album? Yeah. Uh, if by tone you mean the feel of the music and the the almost the genre of the music. I'm glad you said that because, you know, when I'm listening to it, I know this mm. is supposed to be set in New York City, but I hear Hollywood yes. because there's yeah. there's so many tracks on here that are all right. The, the way they're arranged are a bit country, a bit jazz in some mm. cases, but there's like yeah. a whole sort of big musical feel to this, and you kind yeah. of get this this Hollywood vibe. Like they've changed location of the where the album's mm. set. It just feels yeah. like sort of it, this should be set now in like 1940s Hollywood. Mm. See, I don't, I don't get Hollywood, but I think this would be the Broadway musical version of The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. Yeah, excellent. So this yeah. is this is West Side Story. This is this is a musical version of that. <laughs> um, if they were going to make a movie of it, this would be the version that you would want for the soundtrack. Yeah, I, I think. think so too. But I do think it changes the t- the the feel. I mean, the original the mm. original album because of the use of music and um, sort of a very bass. Uh, beat for the backing um yeah it it was a down feeling album wasn't it it was it was clearly set in yeah. the gutter of the world whereas this album because of the instruments being used it feels much lighter and much more up tempo yeah one review i read of the album um said that the original had a rainy feel to it uh, it was you know it was an overcast rainy day feel whereas this has a much brighter like you say sort of hollywood aesthetic to it almost yeah this this album's definitely set in the sunlight mm. rather than in the rain isn't it yeah definitely um and it, it does i think i think whenever you add clarinet and brass to music it automatically makes it feel brighter it does I think. it does but then again the, the we'll come back to the original question i asked does that 
changed mm. the theme of this album to a certain extent because we're no longer set in the doldrums. Maybe. I mean, does it stop this album now being a concept album? It's a question well, um, that everybody needs to ask when they when they listen to this because you this will come to most people, I think, because they listen to this album because we're, we're used to the original story as, as well as yeah. you can interpret it. Mm-hmm. And now with these instruments, it's a much lighter feel to it and a much mm. jazzier feel and a much br- generally brighter and you just think mm. is this has the story changed because of the the mood yeah. of the album there yeah i mean the original story again spoiler warning for anybody who hasn't really listened to it go back and listen to our episodes i'll probably put a link in the description for those two episodes uh, for the original album but spoiler warning the original episode is quite dark story about split personality probably a bit you know that sort I think the jury's thing. out on what the actual story was. I don't yeah, think anybody's ever really been clear. <laughs> no. uh, but I think it's probably I think we you posited actually in the original episodes we did that it was it was about split personality. That's about, that's how I've always read it. Yeah, you know, about the main character Rail hunting his brother John, who was actually just another aspect of himself. I maybe making this slightly less dark has changed that perhaps mm. maybe it's not about that anymore who knows maybe this is the Hollywood version of it you know they've rewritten it into a love story yeah, so this is, this is the best way of describing this could be it's a lamb lies down on Broadway with jazz hands <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe de- quite literally in some yeah. places on this album but, but don't ever but despite all what we've just said don't let the, that detract you from listening to this album because it, it is generally yeah. a very good album and you will recognise it but mm-hmm. at the same time, it is completely different. Cool. So, shall we make a crack into the actual track? Yes. So, the first track, as is with the original, starts off with Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. Mm-hmm. This starts off very familiar. It's the keyboards again. It's almost exactly the same as the original album. Yeah. I mean, I think they've deliberately kept this opening the same so that when you come into this album, there's your familiar first point. Yeah, there's nothing to frighten you off at this point. It's only until about 30 seconds into that that you get Mm. the accordion and the strings come into it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That you realise there's something a little odd about this track now. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the main difference with this other than uh, nick's vocals obviously um the main thing is i think it ends quite a lot differently i actually think it ends a bit better than the original as well i agree i agree there's definitely a, a different ending on this his vocals aren't a patch on peter Gabriel. oh no no not at all um, um, but they they're still work. good. I mean, it's not a bad vocalist. The thing is, because they've changed the arrangement of the music, Peter ve- mm. Peter's vocals wouldn't work as well with this music. I don't think. Well, well this one's fairly similar, mm. to be honest. I think that you wouldn't have any problems. Some of the other tracks, I agree with you on that. Um, this one, I think you could 
plaster Peter Gabriel's vocals over this, and it probably still worked just as well. The only thing, um, the one thing I have found with, with this, uh, with Nick singing, is that yeah. his enunciation is slightly better than Peter's, and I've actually yeah. heard lyrics that I never knew what they were before. So I'm listening to it, going, <laughs> "That's what he's been saying." Yeah, mm. well, there you go. You it's like in, it's like in the Empire Strikes Back when Yoda says, "Luminous beings are we." I spent years trying mm. to figure out what the hell he'd said then. <laughs> Balloonas beings, <Yeah. laughs> balloon animals are we, or something? I don't know. Yeah, but it's that sort of thing. He's he's very clear on on the lyrics on this, and as you as yeah. you listen to this album, a lot of the lyrics that you may not have heard if you haven't been staring at the song sheet, um, you yeah. suddenly hear a lot of the lyrics clearly. And I, mm. I, for me, who'd been listening to this album for years, and some some of the tracks I'm still in the dark as to what the actual vocals are. Um, it was quite enlightening. I found the one, the one thing I will say about the lamb though is um, yeah. for those listening to what the changes are. Basically, the keyboards in this have been replaced by uh, a brass section, which works very well. It does. So that leads us into "Flying a Windshield" and "Broadway Melody" of 1974. "Flying a Windshield" is a big violin start, isn't it? same impact as the original you know when that crash comes in yeah although it's still you know, very still like very in your face that crash it's not yeah, quite as not as impactful that's the word impactful as the original yeah um but it goes into the broadway melody and i think here's where nick's vocals don't quite match that sinister tone that peter gabriel has on the yeah original again version. we're coming back to the lighter theme um, that we we're getting in this album mm. um Peter's yeah. Peter's vocals, as you said, quite rightly, um, were very sombre in certain areas of this album, which led to the the mm. undertones of the whole album and putting it very much down in the gutter. Yeah. The singing on this matches yeah. the musical instrumentation that they've arranged. 
So you've got a much yeah. lighter sound to almost every track. Yeah, that's right. I mean, Peter, Peter Gabriel's vocals are really quite sinister on this track when he's going through all the different, uh, you know, the American things, yeah. Marshall McLuhan, Casual View and all that. Whereas Nick doesn't quite do that. Yeah. He just delivers it straight. Not as well performed, is it? No, it's not. I mean, Peter performed the track, whereas Nick is singing the track yeah that's that's not yeah. that's not to downplay exactly. what he's doing but it's just a difference in approaches mm. to how this has been performed yeah exactly um like you say it's the the fact that they've made the music a little bit lighter the sinister vocals probably would have sounded a bit out of place over this lighter arrangement yeah it's hard to be sinister over violence isn't it <laughs> it is yeah <laughs> and then we're going to cuckoo cocoon wrapped up in some powdered wool I guess I'm losing touch Don't tell me this is dying Cause I ain't changed that much The only sound is water drops I wonder where the hell I am Some kind of jam Cuckoo, cocoon, have I come too, too soon for you I think for me I actually think this version's better than the original version I, I thought the vocals let this down a tad Did I must you? admit um, I preferred the original mm. um, this was great and the music was great but I thought the vocalization was a little off on this one mm. that's um, fair enough I mean that is the thing about this, this album though isn't it it's it mm. split opinion because yeah. it's, it's the same and yet so completely different you, yeah. everybody now has a different choice what you might like on the original album and what you might not mm. like on the original album might change yeah. through this uh, this interpretation of yeah. it. Which brings us neatly on to the next track, which is In the Cage, which I actually think genuinely is better than the original version. Do you really? Uh, I, I, I don't get that. miss from this version is that heartbeat opening introduction yeah uh, but i just think the strings make this sound almost like a bond theme um, i know what you mean yeah 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 and then that trumpet playing is oh so fantastic has to be said i just think... i love the trumpets on this album they're mm. very refreshing you don't hear a lot of trumpets in music these no. days 
Unless, obviously, you yeah. listen to trumpet music. And I love trumpets. When you get something like um, City of Delusion by Muse, yes. with the mariachi trumpets in. Definitely. Oh, oh, was... So you don't think that version's better than the original, then? What do you think of that in the cage? Um, I liked it. Don't get me wrong. It was very good and fits perfectly with this album. But I yeah. didn't think... Again, it was the heartbeat at the beginning I missed. And, mm. it's again, it's slightly lighter. Yeah. So yeah. you don't feel the oppression that you mm. got with the original version of The Cage. Yeah. Um, it's sung very well. It's performed very well. But The Cage had this oppressive feeling to the to mm. the track that yeah. I don't think this does. Mm. No, but like I say, I, I think that, that the whole string arrangement, really, when the first time I heard it, I was thinking, wow, this is like a Bond theme. <laughs> yeah, um, I know I know what you're saying. I know what yeah. you're saying. But you are wrong. It's not as good as the original. <laughs> well, just just putting it out there, you're wrong. <laughs> we'll see. Viewers, <laughs> listeners, you decide. <laughs> nobody's listening. No, no, nobody's listening there. But yeah, no, I really like them. I, I, I like the, the whole arrangement of this. For me, I think this is probably the strongest change on the album, I think. Maybe I'll change my mind a bit later on, but that, so far, I think this is the biggest change. Where are we? We're, we're a grand parade. Yes, the grand parade of life is packaging. It's the last great invention left to mankind Screams a drooping lady Offering her dream dolls At less than extortionate prices And as the notes and coins are taken out I'm taken in to the factory floor For the grand parade of lifeless packaging Already used Grand parade of lifeless packaging I just need a fuse Got people stocked in every shade Must be doing well with trade Stamped, they're dressed in odd fatality That evens out their personality With profit potential marked by sight I can recognize some of the production line No buying it's all a labor bondage Just wrinkled wrappers or human this is interesting to me because this only uses voices and percussion. There's no other instruments on this. Yeah, it was weird when it started because he used mm. to the keyboard intro. Yeah. But this was quite obviously somebody singing that, yeah. and it was. Yeah. It, I thought it was. It, it was really interesting. I love yeah. this this track. It's absolutely stunning from a, a presentation, from an execution point of view. Yeah, the fact that definitely. they only used those those. The voices, I think that is brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's I mean, a very interesting interpretation of the original track. And for me, this is kind of the weirdest track on the original album, or one of the weirder tracks, at least. Um, it is, because it's kind of like stepping aside from the story for a second, isn't mm, it? But it's, just it's the a, instrumentation on the album. Yeah, but I mean, we, you know, we've had we've had five tracks so far of, of the story, as it were. Mm, yeah. And now this one is so odd in comparison to them. It's almost an aside, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, and this is the same on this album. It's still quite an unusually uh, produced little track. Yeah. And uh, if you take into, you know, take the fact that Mark Hornsby's won awards for engineering a cappella music, then there you go. That's where that's come from. <laughs> yeah. And it, it does show because cause you, you can't tell that instruments aren't used so well on this. No, no, exactly. But then we, we go on to uh, what would have been the second side of the vinyl album, Back in New York City.
Yeah, I love the trumpets and the brass in this. Yeah, brilliant. And this one really does sound like West Side Story to me. It, it's like... It does. <laughs> it, it's, it's full theatre, isn't it, this one? It is, yeah. Um, when it kicks in halfway through and you've got the guitar as well, phew, takes an already yeah. brilliant track and just... Steps it up a notch. Yeah, exactly. I think this is the one where the first track really where Nick's voice works really really well because of his American I was just about to say that this is probably the one track on this album that I think he absolutely nails it Mm. yeah yeah that's not to derive from what is everything else he's done on this album but Mm. this one track he just sings his little lungs out and it works exceptionally well yeah yeah really really good he really really delivers on this Um, so we're up to Hairless Heart now yeah Total reimagining of the um, the original version. Completely, um, it was almost unrecognisable, yeah. except that it was recognisable. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, um, you could imagine this playing in a classy restaurant at the bar. Definitely, <laughs> you know, again, like another jazz. big violin piece. But it's, it's, I think this is really quite lovely, actually. This version of this, um, yeah, you know, in a in a cocktail bar sort of way. That's, see, you're coming around to my way of thinking. That's why when I, we started this, I said it reminds me of Hollywood rather than mm-hmm. New York. Because yeah. you can imagine being in a jazz place uh, in uh, Hollywood and yeah. listening to this album. Yeah. It has the feel of it should be in a, a more theatrical environment than New York. Mm. That doesn't make sense because New York's got a Broadway, but you, you get what I mean. <laughs> That's the whole point of the Broadway. <laughs> yeah, I know. But you know what I'm saying? It, <laughs> yeah, this has you. got a more Busby Berkeley feel to it, if mm. you like, than, than yeah. you would find in New York, essentially. Yeah, yeah. So rather um, than the gritty New York West Side Story, yeah, it's, we've it's got that. more like Carousel. Yeah, I understand what you mean. But again, it would, it would work really well as part of a musical, stage musical version. This is, this is going to be the point where... They're probably changing sets. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. But you can see, you could see this album being performed as a play mm. to this music. Yeah, yeah. But you couldn't see it being performed as a play to the original music. No, definitely not. I mean, Genesis fans often talk about wanting a movie version of The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. I can't it even would... imagine what the visuals would look like on that. It would be unwatchable nonsense but if they did it as a musical version following the album and then following it and using this sort of instrumentation that would probably work (laughs) yeah 
I agree. At least nothing else, you'd have nice music to listen to. Well, exactly, yeah. <laughs> if you were following the plot, you'd go, I don't know what it's about, but it sounds great. Yeah, it's lovely. It sounds good. I like this bit. Don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, but yeah, it'd be, it'd be an unwatchable movie. I'm, I'm going to put that right out there. I think it just the story that has written would be unwatchable. It would take a yeah, lot. It's, it's just, the thing is, it's garbage because it's mostly like hallucinogenic yeah. in nature. Yeah, it's a stream of consciousness. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's Rather than thought, as it yeah. were. You know, it's if James you know I mean. Joyce's Ulysses, which is stream Ooh. of consciousness. It would be unwatchable. Who's been, who's been raiding the library then? I've got an English degree, mate. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. See, it finally came in useful for something. Exactly. It comes in useful for making me sound really pretentious and clever on a Genesis-related podcast that nobody's listening to. God damn it. <laughs> Pretentious only. I'm, I'm not still still not holding out for the clever. <laughs> that makes me sound clever. Might not be clever. But... <laughs> I've known you many years. I've never. I've yet to hear clever. This was your idea to do these podcasts. I still don't think that was a clever idea. <laughs> well, uh, we'll let our listeners be the judge of that. <laughs> we'll let our listener be the judge of that. <laughs> Hi, David. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at least one person's listening to us. <laughs> anyway, um, moving on. Yeah, so we move on to Counting Out Time, which was one of the singles that Genesis released from this album originally. to the original um it does but quickly moves into carnival mode doesn't it yeah it's like dixieland it is very much so there's a big very jazz feel to this track now yeah and i think it works better than the original it does but it doesn't put you in mind of something that would be from a disney film though (laughs) i mean not the song lyrics obviously i don't think disney have done that kind of film for a long time (laughs) the music the dixieland bit of the music sound dumbo or something whether in the circus tent or something like that just that style exactly of music. yes it could you're right yeah um, yeah it's got that kind of it's it's, it's, it's led by the horn section yet again mm-hmm. you've got this beautiful jazz sound to this track now yeah. and it's a very uplifting track yeah as the the original track was kind of um it was basically rail worrying Mm. about how he his performance as it were yeah. 
and, yes. and making sure he's got everything in his mind. It's gonna and whereas this is like this is high kicks and everything, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I'm just picturing it. You know, they're marching around New Orleans playing the. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's a march. It's suddenly now a marching track. Yeah, exactly. And you, and you then, can see a whole band coming down the street with a majorettes in front doing this track. Exactly. And then you know James Bond runs out of the corner of, a, of an alley. What and is just it with you and James Bond? And, and jumps into the crowd so that these the enemies that are chasing him can't see him. That's that's what's going on so, here. So so what have you been watching during lockdown again? <laughs> Has it not been the entire back catalogue of James Bond? By I don't chance? even like James Bond. <laughs> For a man who doesn't like James Bond, you're saying James Bond an awful lot in this podcast. I'm saying James Bond over there. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it just—it's that I can't even remember which one it's from. Is it from *Live and Let Die*? Where he goes? *Live and Let Orleans? Die*. Yes, yeah. yes. That bit where he's running through New Orleans and there's the—is it the oh, funeral? I have on, no idea it? about James Bond. Wasn't that in *Let Me Think*? *Live and Let Die*. Yes, it was Simon. <laughs> you know them all. Stop saying James Bond over there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I have oh, seen dear. James Bond. I just don't like them very much. But you do keep watching them, apparently. No, I've not seen James Bond. I've not seen James Bond film for ages. The last one I saw was Quantum of Solace, I think. Oh, no, I've seen Skyfall. That was pretty rubbish. Anyway, this isn't about James Skyfall. Bond. Skyfall. Stop going on about James Bond anyway. Talk about James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't the one who started talking about James Bond. Yeah. Right, so that leads us on. So I actually, <laughs> sort of. right, I actually yeah. really like that cat version of Counting Out Time. I, I think if they were going to release a single from this version of the album, that would be spot on. Um, yeah. I'm surprised However, they didn't this, try it. This version of it would not make, would not fit into the original album, would it? No, it wouldn't. No, this is one of the ones where I think the original version with Peter's vocals, you wouldn't fit Peter's vocals onto this version. I don't think. Not at all. No, it's too. Um, it's too, it's too happy. Yeah, it's yeah. too much too fun to, to fit too with the original. Fun. It is. Um and I mean let's be honest, the original version of this song was the light hearted bit of the album, but it was the only light hearted bit of the album and it wasn't as light. It was light hearted. That was yeah. that was like that was it's light hearted <laughs> compared rather than light hearted per se. Yeah, exactly. Um mm. so yeah, but that's good. I I do like that version. I yeah, kind I of think this is a it. great version and mm. I do prefer it. Again, you can't prefer it and say it would fit on the other album because it just wouldn't. No, no it wouldn't. This is a great version of this track, and I it, prefer it. But you can't interpose these with with what's on the original album because no. they wouldn't fit at all, style wise. Go back to last week when we were talking about David Devon, and we. I well, can't you, remember last week. You used yep. the word joyous almost flipping constantly in that podcast that's because it's a joyous <laughs> album that that album makes me happy that's my that's, i'm yeah. going i'll tell you when i when i have my my funeral which which is probably if the wife uh catches what i'm doing occasionally mm. will be instantaneous um <laughs> i i'm having uh i think i will have i'm not even going to try yeah. being played <laughs> I'll I'll lead that sing along with you. Yeah, because I th I don't think I'll be singing it because I'll be dead, you fool. But uh, I think oh. I would like that played as my final final bit before they send me off to my burning. Oh, I thought you were going to fake your own death, and um... <laughs> I did that years ago. I wasn't called Gary Starr back then. Anyway, the point I was making was what was the point? This this is a joyous version of this song. It's okay. full of joy. It is. This it version is. Of it's, this it's, it's carnival. You can, yeah, you can imagine them smiling from ear to ear while they're performing this. And 
singing it. And even Nick sounds like he's having a whale of a time singing along this is, with this it. This is a fun track now. It's brilliant. And that brings us on to probably the most popular track amongst Genesis fans from this album, which is Carpet Crawlers. The cover the floor In the red corridor For my second side of people opinion on this i think nick rivals peter and phil and performing this i think he does really really good it's incredibly close to the original version um and i think if they tried to push it any further it wouldn't have worked i think that actually the vocals let this one down a bit i don't think they're put they're done this particularly well really? and um i don't like the hmm. the multi-voice effect that they use um yeah so it sounds like there's kind of a chorus effect going on in some of the scenes i think that's mm-hmm. particularly different from the original version, and um, I don't—I didn't think yeah. it worked as well on this. Really? Yeah. See, I, I thought it was incredibly close to the original version. I think the strings and the brass had a really nice texture to the song without being overbearing, um, and I think Nick does a really good yeah. job on this. Um, actually, the, the the arrangement of the percussion and the brass and the strings, etc., etc., doesn't actually vary that much from the original mm. in in style. Not like the mm. last track. Which is which yeah. is a, a yeah. complete tonal shift. This is very similar yeah. to the original track in tone, um, but I, I just mm. don't think this works as well as the original. I don't think. Yeah, fair enough. Again, I refer to my early statement. Whatever you've said is wrong, <laughs> and I'm right. Yeah, yeah. whatever. But I, I like this version. Um, but that does lead us on to the next track, which would be the last track on side two of the vinyl album, and is the last track on the CD, CD one. This is the Chamber of 32 Doors. I need someone to believe in, someone to trust. I'd rather trust a man who doesn't shout what he's found. There's no need to sell if you're homeward bound. Take me away 
So, what do you think of this one? Uh, it's almost indistinguishable from the original, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's, there's not a lot of change here. Different, yeah. again, different instruments, um, mm. but it's basically very, very similar. There's, there's almost yeah. you can tell it's not the same. It's not the original track, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's kept very true to the original, mm. but with change of instruments. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's a bad thing because oh, the God, original no. version of it is is actually really good. Yes. Um, and it's, a, it's one one of my favourite ones on the album, I think. Um, but it doesn't really sound any different, so there's not really much else I can say about it. <laughs> no, no. It's it's again, as we said, you know, the, the the whole thing about this album was the new use of instruments, rather mm. than individual songs yeah. and how they were performed. It was about mm. the whole ensemble piece, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. It was. Um, so expecting, you know, one out of twelve tracks to be very similar to the original. Isn't mm. a letdown on this album, is it? No, not at all. Um, and I don't feel let down by this track. It finishes this CD exactly as well as the original version finishes its side. It just because there's not really much difference to it. I've got no opinions of <laughs> is it no, better, is it worse? It's, it's, it's the there's no way of picking a preference here, is no. there? Because because no, it, really. it's so similar. Mm. But that brings us to the end of side one of this album. That's where we're going to leave this podcast on the album, yep. isn't it? We're going to leave that we're going to do side two next week. Yeah. So basically, we're, we're going to go out of this one just by looking back at this side mm. of this album. And do you prefer this version of this album to the original? I know that's a little hypocrisy for amongst Genesis fans, but because mm. Lamb Lies is and always will be a classic album. Even if you're not a Genesis fan, you've heard of this album. Mm -hmm. You will yeah. recognise the artwork from the album because it's a classic album cover. Yes, it so is. So you are, you are kind of, when they approached this and they said, we're going to redo this, I mean, they were, te they were treading on some very interesting toes there, weren't they? Mm, definitely. I mean, this, amongst Genesis fans, this is a divisive album as well, the original version. Yes. Because a lot of people don't like it because of its harder edge with its shorter songs and it's you know it's less proggy um maybe than the other genesis pete gabriel you albums say that, but, but we've we've had this conversation so mm. many times um yeah. and we've, we've come to blows so many times in the pub on what is and what isn't prog mm. and i think this is probably the proggiest thing they ever did purely because it's so out there mm. and the use of instruments that they used on this yeah um, and the way they used them and they, the the interesting timing of some of the tracks. I think this mm. is probably the proggiest thing Genesis did. Mm. I mean, in terms of the progressing their sound, then yeah, 100%. It's, it's really nothing like Selling England by the Pound. And it's no. nothing like Trick of the Tail, though. And that's, no. that's the thing, because Trick <laughs> no. of the Tail is kind of a step back. But as we said well, at the time, this was the end of an era, wasn't it, for it Genesis? It was, yeah. And this is kind of the, the stepping off point for Peter Gabriel's solo sound. Um, he's a lot closer to this album than he is to Sell in England when he releases his first solo album. It's, yeah. it's so uniquely different to the original album. Mm. And I say the tone is much lighter. Yeah. I, As the original album is always listened to intently and interested... You know, yeah. I'm following the story, trying to anyway as best I can. <laughs> yeah. And the original album is an experience mm. that makes sense. Yeah. Whereas this album is a listening pleasure. Does that make sense? I'm, I'm, it's hard to put across because because they are two very different albums, mm. considering they're the same thing. I think what you mean, uh, and tell me if I'm wrong. You're wrong. Thank you. Uh, 
<laughs> I think... Always first to tell you when you're wrong, you know that. <laughs> I think what you're getting at there is, when you listen to the original version, you have to listen to it all the way through. You mm-hmm. can't dip in and out of the different songs. Know where you're going with, with this, and I agree entirely. This version, you can pick and choose a few songs and listen to a couple of songs. You could listen to Counting Out of Time without listening to the rest of the song. You could listen to... Um, uh, Broadway Melody uh, and Flying a Windshield without listening to the rest of the album because the, you can pull them out a bit more easily. So why are you saying this album feels less of a story? Yeah, less of a concept. It's almost back to being an, a collection of songs rather than a collection of songs telling a story. That I, I agree. I really do agree with you on that. With, with you the want original... that in writing? Because you normally yeah. ask for it in writing when I agree with you on something. <laughs> and I can't get to you, can I? So... Uh, I'll post something to you. <laughs> yeah, but I think this is this is more of a collection of songs, and you can listen to the songs individually much more easily than you can yeah. with the original version of the land. Are you actually saying that this is easy listening? <laughs> easy listening. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> no, it, 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 but it is kind of an easy listening version of The Lamb Lies Down, but not to be put with your mother's records. <laughs> but you don't have to follow the story when you listen to this version of it. No. Whereas you do have to follow the story when you listen but to But I will come back to my original question at the beginning mm. of this. Does the tone change in this album mean it's mm. not essentially the same tone? As in, the original one was a story, mm. and you've said this one is a collection of songs. Mm. Yeah, well, I think I agreed with you when, I, when the, the, the tone had changed, the format had changed. No, no, I remember um, you uh, agreeing with me, because I've got a score sheet... <laughs> here and i write down every time you agree with me so far i've got two entries and that's not that's not today that's ever <laughs> which are uh, <laughs> i'm like not going to gonna say this. because you you will dispute them you'll go i never agreed to that so i'm not they're mine i'm keeping them they're written down and i i treasure those moments <laughs> You're not taking them away from me. But yeah, this is fundamentally a different album to the original version. Is that yeah. what you want me to say? Is that what Basically, you want me to say? It is. It is. It is. <laughs> um, but it's still yeah. a good album. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, I've been listening to it all week and I've I've, mm. I've loved listening to it. It's, I have it's as well. joyous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, it, it's it's such a different <laughs> album. As we've said, it's, it's not as dark. So you can mm. listen to it in the car. You can sing along. And you yeah. don't feel like you're listening to a drama. You feel like yeah. you're listening to a musical. Uh, yeah, exactly. But the thing is, in places, I actually do prefer this reimagined version of The Lamb. Like I said at the top of the show, my ideal version of The Lamb would probably be Peter Gabriel's vocals overlaid over this music. Hmm. With a couple of exceptions, I think that would be incredible. It would be an interesting album, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, if I had the technology or the time or the will to do it, I'd probably try it. But Mostly the talent. <laughs> mostly I don't have any of those things, though, so... <laughs> um, but it's hard for me to say, because I've grown up with Lamb Lies Down on Broadway, so to speak, yeah. Yeah. Uh, from a Genesis point of view. You went to school together, didn't you? And um... me, me and the Lamb, yeah, yeah. yeah. We were, me and Rail, we, we, you know, like, we were like that in New York City. Um, yeah. I was his homeboy. Um, <laughs> but it's like I've known this album for so long. Mm. that it's hard not to stick something else in. This album, it's, it's... I would never, ever call this album an oddity or a side note mm. in history because it has so many positive things to it. Yeah. It should be lauded 
as an album in its own right, rather than a tribute album. Yeah. I love this album. I think it's a great album. I think it's a, such a different album to the original one in tone mm. yeah. that it's almost like listening to a lighter side of mm. the lamb lies down in broadway and i i think this this side is 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 the embodiment of the various themes and um arrangements that we've we've got on this album yeah and it's a it just shows what you can do with a set piece of music that you've heard mm. so many times that somebody just taking another crack at it you can end up with a completely different item yeah i mean in many ways this is a lot more accessible to a what you might call a regular listener than a Genesis fan. I um, agree entirely on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Partly because of, like you said, because it's a lighter side of the the songs, but partly because also the songs are, are given more of a... Like with Counting Out Time, where it's given a humorous edge almost to a song that maybe doesn't need a humorous edge or doesn't have a humorous edge in the original. I mean, as we, as we said when we're reviewing it, Counting Out Time was a humorous song on the album. Mm. But that's like Gallo's humour. Yeah. You know, because it was a, it was about him fretting and worrying. There was nothing really funny about it. You couldn't mm. laugh along to that track, but you actually wanted to dance along with this yeah. version of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Get your trumpet out and start marching around. Uh, I got arrested last time I did that. That wasn't your trumpet you got out, though. That's... You call it what you want, I'll call it what I want. Yeah, I agree with you. There you go. There's your third your Number third strike. Three Simon <laughs> agrees about this album. That's mine. <laughs> I've got it. <laughs> so you next week you'll come on and call that fake news, won't you? I never said that. Yeah, and I'll have edited out of this so you won't even have a copy of it. <laughs> oh, it gets me at every turn. Um, but we're going to cover the second half of the album next week. Yes. I'm also going to go because I don't, I don't know anything about Nick v- De Virgilio, um, other than his uh, this album. And not only you don't, do you not know anything about him? You can't even say his name. Say his name. Sorry, Nick. You even, you, tri- you even tried saying just his initials, and you got that yeah, wrong. I know that's true. That's why I went back to get calling him Nick. Anyway, sorry, Nick, if you're listening. Apologies. Um, but um, I'm going to go away. I'm going to get one of my team um, onto researching him and and find out a little bit more about him and, and his band. You need a good investigator to get get behind the scenes on I this. Do. I do. I don't know anything about Spock's beard. I've listened, literally listened to one album. So I'm going to go away and find out a bit more about him. And I'll, I'll, I'll get a report to you next week. I look that. forward to hearing that. And um, we'll cover the rest of the album next week. We'll cover the rest of the album next week. I mean, for, uh, those, for those Genesis fans, the track listing probably won't surprise you at all. No, it won't at all. We're going to no. start off with Lily White Lily, which is the next track on the album. Oh, um, you spoiled it for me! Spoiler alert! Oh, I forgot to say spoiler alert. <sighs> Sorry, everybody. Sorry about that. So there we are. So th- is that my homework for this week? I've got to listen to the rest of the album. you got to listen to the rest of the album and get back to us next week about whether you like it or not. Um, I've got no charity of the week this week, but if I can direct you to the charity of the week from last week, which was Adam's fundraiser on um, Facebook... A friend of a friend was admitted into A&E on 16th August 2019 with stomach pains. Uh, it turned out to be stage four bowel cancer. Um, this has spread now. Um, and unfortunately, due to the lockdown, he's not able to do his chemotherapy course. So he has three children, um, aged six, four and 16 months, uh, and a wife. And they are trying to raise funds for alternative treatments. So they're trying to raise £11,000 to pay for this treatment, basically, which isn't available on the NHS. Um, and even if it was, they're all NHS non-essential things like this have been cancelled. So 
I'm going to direct you to facebook.com slash for Adam's life. That's F-O-R-A-D-A-M-S-L-I-F-E for Adam's life. Um, and that will tell you everything you need to know about Adam. Um, and you'll be able to find a link there to donate to his medical fundraiser. Um, it's, he's well on his way to getting some of the money he needs, but um, I would urge you all to help if you can. Like I say, he's a friend of a friend. I don't know him personally, but he's a friend of a friend. Um, so this is quite a personal one. So Yeah, and uh, again, as from last week, uh, I'd like to just say yet again, to whichever country you're listening in with this, we're all going through the same thing, no matter what country we're in. I'd just like to thank everybody who's helping out, whether it be deliveries, drivers, anybody. You don't have to be a a, a special worker to do this. We're all in this together, and we're all doing our part, even those who are stopping at home doing nothing. Mm. You're still a part that's important, and you're doing it. And until we're out of this, until the world's safe again, take care, everybody. Take care, stay safe, keep talking. Thanks, listeners. Yeah. Bye. Bye. I can disagree too much. You know what I'm saying? No, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs>